Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another edition of the Better Together Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rosario Picardo. And I'm your other co-host, Callie Picardo. And today we have with us Robert Glenn Johnson. He is a pastor, a writer, a thought leader. He's pastored for several decades in Texas, and he's just moved to Church of the Resurrection in Kansas to be able to be the location pastor at their main campus there, doing some incredible things. And he also has an exciting new book coming out called Kingdom Moments and Movements that's coming out in January. And oh my goodness, Robert, we can't wait to hear more about it. Welcome to the Better Together podcast. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Congratulations on your amazing book. It is so amazing. Uh, and I look forward to to helping spread the word about that resource uh, and this amazing and just and and also spreading the word about you because it's not just the book, but it's also uh, the wonderful people who who wrote the book and who are behind the book. So, but it's glad it's great to be, meet you guys and to be here with you today. Well, thank you, Robert. You're you're at a small little church, aren't you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, being being at a large church and uh, you know getting used to that, I bet life is busy, isn't it? It's very busy. Things are very busy. Resurrection is, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how how this church every every day that I've been here. There have been at least two or three major things going on. Mm. At least every day, there's at least three things happening that probably every church, every other church I've been at, with the exception of maybe a Windsor Village that I served at for ten years back in the '90s and early 2000s with Kirby John Caldwell. Except for that church, every everything that we do here on any given day, any one of those things would be something that any of those other churches might have. It might have taken six months to plan it, and then after it was done, you took a month, took a couple of months to rest. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but this just, and that's in the midst of all the other stuff, you know, the assimilation process, taking in new members, caring for members, providing care uh, of other forms in terms of recovery, grief counseling, all the worship planning, all that stuff still happens. And then every day, these amazing things happen. I was sharing with uh, part of my team today that on Friday night, I spoke at a place called the Healing House, which is, which is connected to resurrection. It's a place of recovery that's downtown Kansas City. Uh, and they do a worship service there. And I spoke that. That was amazing. Two two nights before that, I was at a gathering called Brothers in Blue that was for formerly incarcerated persons. Mm-hmm. They did their annual event and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars and then worship all day on Sunday. And then Monday night, I was a part of a gathering, leading a gathering with St. James United Methodist Church, where Emmanuel Cleaver the third serves. You all probably mm-hmm. Emmanuel yep. Cleaver. Yep. We do we're doing a, a journey through MLK's book, Strength to Love. And we, so we have these groups meeting talking about racial issues and racial healing and racial gap. So I was with them and that was so powerful because we we really dug deep last night. So that's just in a matter of a few days. 
like oh these momentous, these huge things happening. So it's, I tell people it's, uh, it's, it's towering and exhilarating all at the same time. So, yeah. Those are some and incredible you- moments. And in the midst of that, you're, you're writing a book about kingdom moments and movements. Where did this book come from, Robert? What, what put this on your heart? So it comes from deep reflection on my own faith journey. I know we, we you, we've talked earlier about people telling their stories and the importance of that. So in reflecting on my own story, I'm 57. I've been pastoring as an ordained clergy for 25 plus years. I grew up in the church. I've been married for 34 years. I have one daughter who's 28, 23. So I'm, I, and I'm a reflection. I, so I, there's a part of me that either it comes out on the darker side, I'm a brooder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pensive brooder. When it's when I'm in my better side, it's more of reflection and and celebration and learning. And so that book came out of doing a lot of that and thinking just about man, like I can just I could like do a bullet list of these powerful moments that really have defined my life and my journey. And then I looked at each one of my daughters the same. I looked at my marriage. We've been met, we met knew each other when we were in junior high, got married right out of college. I've totally changed. Linda has totally changed. But I can go back and I, there have been these moments, these like a key conversation or a key mistake mm. or a key moment of repentance that has that have, these moments that have ushered our marriage along. And then, of course, ministry. And so reflecting on that and then just kind of really beginning to God, use that wisdom to guide other people to like pay attention to your moments, pay attention to your moments. Uh, and so the book comes out of that. Uh, I will tell you, the first time I, re- I think I really started thinking about moments was I was watching the movie Color Purple. Not when it first came out. I was in college then. This was later. And I paid attention to that moment when uh, Celie and I can't remember the lady who who kind of mentors her in, in womanhood. They're walking through this field of flowers. And she says, I think it ticks God off when if people pay, pass by the color purple and don't notice it. And that just opened this thing up to me. Like, we're like, yeah, like there's so much that God's always doing around us. And we miss most of it. We miss most of it. And then it comes out of an almost tragedy of being a father and a husband. In 2006, I had three strokes, suffered three strokes that were, it was, it was a weird, weird thing. I didn't have high cholesterol. I'm a type two diabetic, but my blood sugar levels were, I was a healthy diabetic. If you could say that in the sense that none of my readings were, it was being well managed. Uh, And they didn't find any, they couldn't find, the only thing they eventually found was a small, what they call a PFO, which is a heart, minor, minor heart issue. And the the heart doctor, Dr. Mordezavi in Houston, who's considered one of the leading heart surgeons in the world. He said it was so insignificant that typically they don't even bother it. But he says, but that's the only thing that they could find that explained this stroke, these three strokes. And so that happened. And I had this moment that, but while, so it took them about three months. They did, they were researching, trying to figure out what, why did this happen? So I did a couple of spinal taps. If any of y'all know anything about spinal taps, you know what I know how. So I did. Oh, Lord. Yes. I did one sitting on the side of the bed. I did another one. 
uh, laying flat face down and just and it took about three hours and I sweated that day like I don't think anybody's ever sweated that that's bad. I was so fearful. But I, those three months, I kept saying to myself, if they don't know what what caused them, then they don't know how to stop them. But at the same time, when I realized what had happened from that day forward, every morning when I'd, I'd be sitting at home in recovery and my wife would leave with my, she'd say, they come in and speak and she said, all right, we're leaving. She'd be about to leave with my daughters and I would call the three of them back. And I just remember hugging them and grabbing their faces and paying attention to the details of their faces as I had never, because I didn't know that while they were away, if I was going to stroke again, and this time I wasn't going to be so lucky to survive it. Oh my goodness. So, we are so glad you yeah. did, Robert. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Gosh, what makes it a kingdom moment? Like not just an everyday moment, but what makes it a kingdom moment? And how does that connect to a movement? Yes. So a kingdom moment is written. So, so any moment that, that gives us an opportunity to have a transformation it's a great moment. What makes it a kingdom moment really is how is it how we respond to it. Because they're all kingdom moments. They're, these moments are gifts from God. They're, they're moments of grace where God invites us into transformation, into growth, into learning, uh, into becoming better people. And so if if we reject it, then it ends up not, it doesn't matter whether it's a kingdom moment or not, right? It's It, it was just a moment. But if we enter into that moment with with gratitude and attentiveness and then intentionality, then it becomes a kingdom moment because then now we're in a space or we're in a mode where we're we're transforming just the moment into an opportunity to have kingdom impact, whether for ourselves, our family members or or for others. And so and then if we if we take the moment, what turns it into a movement is if we, I, I call it squeezing the juice out of the mm-hmm. moment, like squeezing mm-hmm. everything. Like what all can this God-given moment do for us and do for uh, others and just tur- turning over every stone, going going every extra mile to turn this blessing, this moment into something that can transform as many lives as possible and make more of the earth the the domain the domain of our Lord. So that's what turns it into a mo- movement. Yeah. And you had uh, a scripture that was really meaningful to you when you were writing this book um, in in regard to Moses. You mind sharing that with us? So there are two scriptures that I use that were really powerful for me. Uh, two pe- people that had these these moments. One is Moses. So Moses has committed murder. He's run away from uh, the kingdom, the place that he had already always known, and, and it kind of find a pl- found a place to hide. And as I as I whenever I talk about this, I have to, this this just makes it come alive for me. So, so he's like on the backside of the Midian desert. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like on the backside of the Midian desert, and he's like okay, and he's. But and he and he looks up and sees this bush that's on fire and is burning, and he pays attention. And he goes over to the bush, and then the rest is history. What happens from that moment? So so he has God gives him this moment, he pays attention, he enters into it. 
Uh, if you read the Jewish rabbis, their, their commentary and reflections on this, one of the things that they will tell us is that uh, one guy says that the point of that story is that they're, they're burning, but there are bushes all around us and they're always on fire. I love that. I love it. I absolutely love that. Because that means to me that mm-hmm. any given moment, like life is happening all around me. And if I slow down and pay attention, that God will amaze me with what God can do. And I think people who really live at high capacity, high impact, who they just seem to go from one thing, one moment of impact to another, I think those are people who just pay attention and don't take moments for granted. So I think that happens with Moses. And then it happens with Abraham. Uh, hmm. He's with his father, Terah. Terah uh, uh, leaves the, the land of their of his birth. And the Bible says he in, in uh, Genesis chapter 11 says that he gets to gets to Haran. And uh, an Old Testament professor back at Perkins School of Theology taught, taught us that the word Haran means crossroads. And of course, if the symbolism, the, the uh, crossroads as a metaphor for a moment of indecision, a moment where, you know, you could either it could either go totally good for you, totally bad for you. Abraham and his family. Abraham is now the patriarch, patriarch of the family. His wife is barren. They're just like there's so much brokenness there with him, with his family. What is he going to do? And then God gives him this moment and comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you. Uh, and then and that moment transforms, really transforms human history. Right. I mean, look, look at how human history has uh, been impacted by this moment. Mm. And, the, and if, and, and of course, if you look inside that moment, what does God say to Abraham? It's not about Abraham being blessed, not even just about his family. It's that through you, I will bless mm-hmm. all the nations, all the people of the earth. So, but it happens. It begins in that in this this moment that Abraham has. Yeah, I love that. That wow. paying attention and that is noticing of the moments, and you know they can truly lead to movements. But Robert, I feel like if I'm honest, sometimes I miss moments, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think I was paying attention, and I wish I could go back in time. I mean, what do you do if you miss a moment? Great question. So I do something that's gonna. You know, I think would be a little unsettling for most believers because I think one some common pop theology that we've developed is that we shouldn't live with regrets. You know, don't live with regrets. God is forgiving you. Move on, so forth and so on. Well, I kind of take a different path, and I what I say is that regret is healthy if it's done in light of. God's word and God's revelation, that there are times when we need to sit in our brokenness. We need to sit in our mistakes. We need to sit in the fact that we missed some some things that God wanted to do through us or for us. We need to live in it and learn the lessons from that. Because I think that that when we do that, when we do that kind of deep reflection and feel that regret, that if we do that under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can transfer that regret into energy and passion to miss as few po- mo- moments as possible. Gosh, it sounds like in that way, that moment is still giving some movement. Like it's, it's still, still growing giving- you, even though it was a missed moment. Yes. I love yes. I love that. That gives me a little hope. Thank you. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, you know, someone someone said to me, uh, Dr. Virgil Howard, who taught internship and New Testament at Perkins School of Theology, we were in a class one day, and I think one of us was re- expressing some regret about a moment in ministry where we thought we failed. Mm-hmm. And he guys, he says, let's pause for a moment. He says, you all are young, you're young married people, you're young pastors, some of you are already parents. He says, and I just I want to share you share this with you all out of something I've learned. He says that when you make a mistake, you you tend to feel like that that you're never that it's over, and that you will never get an opportunity. He says, but if you keep living, you'll get another chance, and new mm. moment, new moments will come. So, and I I talk about that in the book as well. Is that you know don't when we miss moments, we should never be despair. We don't want to go into despair. But healthy regrets and reflection that we allow the Holy Spirit to turn into energy, enthusiasm. God, tomorrow I want to try to hit as many as many moments as I can. I know I'm going to miss some, but help me. And so in the book, I'm kind of encouraging this way of living of like wake up every day and say, amazing moments are going to come to me today. And I know I'm not, I know I'm going to miss many of them. I may even miss most of them, but God, let me get it. Let me, let me nail it on at least three or four of the moments you give me today. And, uh, and then let's see what happens after that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Robert, we're, we're parents of young girls and I know you're a girl dad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you help? kids if you're leading them whether you're a yeah, parent or a it's a great question or kind of a mentor for young kids how can you help them stop and notice mm-hmm. and have some of these moments as well because we want our girls to grow up like actually paying attention and paying attention mm-hmm. to god and especially yeah so two things in for parents number one is i think in the in the in the work of parenting that I think it's important for us to recognize the importance of moments, because if you have kids eat one, I, mean, I think this is always true about children, even when they're toddlers. I just think that they don't know. They don't know how to make it visible that they're not listening to you. <laughs> Teenagers are experts at letting you know, like, I'm not listening to you. They know how to do it without saying it. They know how to express that physically. And so most of the time, so my, when my daughters were teenagers, they're young adults now, when they were teenagers, there were many, I, was, I felt like most of that, those teenage years, there were very few times when I felt like that the door was open for me to speak hard, challenging truth. Hmm. They were always open for a movie. They were always ready for pizza. I yeah. mean, that was <laughs> Yeah. But for to talk about, hey, Kayla, I saw this kid you've been hanging out with. And I'm very uncomfortable with her behavior, her attitude, her language. Mm-hmm. Needing to say that, that I had to wait for moments. Mm-hmm. But because I had to wait for moments, that, mean, that means that I had to pay attention. Yeah. Because the moment was going to come. It was The matter was, would I be paying attention? Would I be plugged into my, would I have my head stuck in my phone or watching some pointless ball ball game that meant nothing. So number one, I would tell parents, pay attention to those because doors were open for you to say the things that God wants you to say to your kids. The moments are going to come and pay attention. 
And then be ready, prepare yourself. So don't, instead of fretting about it, like God help me to be ready so that when that door opens, when that moment comes, that I speak God's God's light and God's life into my children. But then on the other side, helping our children to do that is slowing down enough that when moments happen, teaching them the discipline of paying attention, Mm -hmm. reflecting on that moment. And asking questions that help them to uh, to carry the moment, to to uh, to explore the moment, and then carry it forward. And so, there are questions. Part of what I do in the book is I have some questions in the at the back of the book for all for. I mean, I have questions for social justice organizations, like how do you how do you recognize? Because you're going to need moments if you're going to really mm-hmm. bring change in a community. You can there mo- you, you need a God moment to get into that, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I. There are questions that we that are, we can teach our children to ask about their friends, about their parents, about who their mentors, who the mentors are that God has placed along that path. So besides my parents, who, who which adults do I feel like if I really needed to talk to someone, this person would listen to me? Like, who are those people? So like eight to ten, I try to do at least eight to ten questions. And so there are questions for for kids, for students, for 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 youth in terms of helping them to recognize moments and make the most of them. Yeah. I love that you mentioned social justice as well. And I, yes, are there some powerful moments that you can think of that have helped some social justice movements along the way? Yeah. So I think about I'm a huge MLK fan. Uh, I know that. So I'm a huge MLK fan, and I think that when you look at the Montgomery movement, that was the first big movement. And he he had no intention of doing that, by the way. When you read the story, at that point of his life, he was finishing up his Ph.D., and his plan was to fin- he was I'm pastoring this little small church. I love this. This is one of my favorite story. He's 26. And he's like, I'm going to finish this Ph.D. I've just married this opera singer. My dad's a big already a big time preacher in the National Baptist Convention. So I'm going to finish my PhD and then my dad, I'm going to get a big church. <laughs> I'm going to go get a big church somewhere and I'm going to mm. be a church pastor and be a university theology school professor. Mm. And Andy Young tells this story so well. Andy Young says no sooner had had he finished the last line of that dissertation then Rosa Parks goes and sits on it sits down in, on that seat on the bus. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, right? Yes. And everything changes. And look, he's 26. He's dead at 39. Mm. But from age 26 to 30, this 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 unimaginably intense life that he lived, but it began and that it really was launched by this moment that Rosa Parks sits in that seat. And I always I like to use that story for social justice also because that there was a movement because the book is Kingdom Moments and Movements. There was a movement already happening, but it 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 needed a moment because sometimes you can it's like working out. You can start doing the right things, but you're not seeing any results, and then one day it's like boom, and you get this breakthrough in your workout, or you get this breakthrough in your eating habits. And it just accelerates you forward. And that's what a moment can do when there's scattered movements or when there's uh, unempowered movements. 
the moment can give it power and move it for give it momentum to move forward. And so that is so true. That was true in, in Montgomery, Alabama. And it remains true. Uh, you know, so that I when I think about protests now, in many ways, I think just blunt, uh, blunt protests is not a productive means of social change. Mm. That you need a God moment. Mm. And you need creative process that flows from the God moments. Mm. Yeah, because people's hearts have to be open. The conditions have to be right. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, be ready and paying attention and ready, ready for what's next. Ready for, for what's next. Yeah. yeah. We I well, talked a little too about, you know, what is painful also is when you do see a moment, but you're unprepared because I've been there too. Wow. Yeah. Well, tell us uh, when the book is coming out. So the book will be out in January. Uh Folks can expect to see a lot more about it over the next couple of months because we're going to start putting stuff on social media. There will be stuff at Invite Press on their website and on their Facebook page about it. I'm going to start making my way around my pastor friends and asking them to let me come on and talk about the book and get folks excited. So, But it'll be released in January, probably late January. And uh, we're I'm super excited about it. Super, super excited about this book. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, where will we be able to pre-order it? So you can pre-order it at Invite Resources, uh, inviteresources.com. I believe that's correct. Inviteresources.com. You can go to Invite Resources on Facebook. They have a Facebook page and you can, they, you can find the link to their actual website where you can pre-order the book. I don't think the book is ready for pre-order quite yet. So that may mean that you guys have to have bring me back like it. <laughs> yeah. Because this has been so good. And Robert, we are so excited to read your book, Kingdom Moments and Movements. I think this is going to be powerful. And friends, we're praying that it's really going to be an inspiration for you in your yeah. own life to be able to notice some of those moments where God's really moving that God will just lead you in powerful and new ways. So that's our prayer for you as our listeners. Robert, thank you for joining us today on the Better Together podcast. Thank you for inviting me on. It was a blast. Yeah. Well, remember, until next time, we are better together. God bless you.